Happy Mother's Day. Happy Ladies' Day. Ladies, we are so excited and grateful for all that you do for the kingdom and all you do specifically at our church. And as we study today, two of the most prominent women mentioned in the entire New Testament, Mary and Martha. Jesus was grateful for both, we're grateful for both, and we're grateful for you. The one thing I want to get on this Mother's Day celebration is this. Choose Jesus before anything else. Choose Jesus before anything else. If you would, please open your Bibles with me to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, we're going to be studying in depthly this morning, verses 38 through 42. I don't want to talk to you this morning about the number one priority for your life and for your home, to choose Jesus before anything else. Now, this story that we're going to be studying in depthly this morning is not found in any other gospel. And Jesus is going to just appear unannounced at Mary and Martha's home and literally their lives will never be the same. Choose Jesus before anything else. Your Bible says this in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. And the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. If you had an opportunity tonight to have five guests at your home, anyone, any place in the entire world, but show up to your house tonight, who would they be and why? For me, I was just kind of thinking about that just kind of spontaneously and came up with these five names. Number one, John Wayne. I mean, why, why wouldn't you want the Duke at your house? He was a college football player, starred in one of the kind of many of the greatest movies in the history of our country. You got to have John Wayne there. Secondly, Michael Jordan. Now, my kids watching this right now, they're like, hey, isn't that the guy out Space Jam? Yes, but he's also one of the greatest basketball players ever, and specifically the greatest basketball player of my generation. You got to have MJ there. Thirdly, Steve Carell, uh, arguably one of our country's greatest bosses ever, a renowned author and screenwriter, and he loves bacon. How can you not have Michael Scott there for dinner? Uh, fourthly, George Washington, our country's first president, arguably our country's greatest president. He was a military strategist and literally led to founding one of the greatest nations the world has ever seen. And George Washington loved ice cream. How can you not have George Washington there? Finally, we got to have the King of Kings and Lord of Lords Jesus Christ. That would be my five tonight. Now look at the text in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. The Bible says in verse 38, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. Literally, Jesus makes an unannounced visit to Mary and Martha's home. Now, in Luke, this is a prominent feature. In fact, did you realize from Luke chapter six through 10, Jesus in five consecutive chapters is meeting in people's homes. Now, Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus were devoted followers and beloved friends of Jesus. And they live specifically in Bethany, which was two miles from Jerusalem. Now, historically, commentators and preachers for centuries have really said, okay, so do we wanna be more like Mary? Or do we want to be more like Martha? In my opinion, humbly as church is yes. That both of these women were loved by the Lord and both of these women loved the Lord. They also have incredible qualities. In fact, did you realize Mary is always at Jesus's feet in the New Testament? We need that. 
Martha is always serving others in the New Testament. We need that. Mary, she was, one of her favorite verses was one of the Psalms. I exalt you, O Lord, and praise you. We, we need that. Martha, her favorite verse was probably James 2.17. Faith without works is dead. Now get to work, right? You see, Martha, whose name means lady, was apparently the elder of the two sisters. And she is always mentioned first in the Gospels. And it is Martha who welcomes Jesus into her home. Yes, Mary maximizes her time with Jesus, but Mary would have never had her intimate time with Jesus if Martha had not opened up her home for Jesus. It is Martha in the New Testament that is a genuine example of hospitality and joyfully welcoming Jesus and his disciples. And by the way, some historical commentators think that literally Jesus may have had 12 to 15 other people with him. Keep that in mind when you read this context. It was Martha who opened up her home and thus allowed Mary to open up her heart toward Jesus. Now, let me ask you this question. Are, are you doing that right now? I mean, is your home a place that is open for others to open their hearts for Jesus? If, if not, then let me help. In fact, let me give you five truths for every Jesus-centered home. If Jesus is truly going to be at the center of the hearts in your home, then he must be in the center of your home. Truth number one, Jesus is here so be all there. Your house should be a house of refuge. Your house should be a Jesus center where literally when someone walks in and walks out, they begin with Jesus and they end with Jesus. Thus in all of your conversations and things that you do for the Lord, make sure you're, you're all there. Uh, my mom, in leading our home in this way for the most time, she, we were allowed to look at one another and we were allowed to only speak in complete sentences to each other. In fact, she would often say, Maddie, listen to me with your face. I mean, she wanted eye to eye contact. Why? Because then we could openly share and encourage one another in the Lord, which means then you need to get rid of your cell phones. No cell phones at the dinner table. No cell phones in the living room. Put them away and allow conversation to be centered upon Jesus Christ. Jesus is here be all there. Secondly, pray and enjoy Jesus together. Jesus says, my house should be a house of prayer. Is your house a house of prayer? You know, in the following months, we're going to be studying the book of Philippians together. And one of the prominent themes in that epistle is of joy. It's mentioned 16 separate times. And joy can be more aptly summarized as Jesus, others, and you. Is your house full of Jesus and care for one another? And then you pray and enjoy Jesus together. Are, are you having times throughout the week where you're gathering together and saying, hey, let's pray about that. Hey, let's praise the Lord together for that. Is, is there laughter and joy around great food and games and the King of King and Lord of Lords? May Jesus truly be the center of your home when you pray and enjoy Jesus together. Thirdly, Jesus loves you and I love you. Two of the most life-changing statements someone will ever hear in their lives is Jesus loves you. This I know for the Bible tells me so. You are loved by a God who made you for him. And he knew that you would love other things instead of him, but yet he still loves you with a never stopping, never giving up love. 
And that love is overwhelmingly available to you at any time and at anywhere because he loves you. And the same God who loves you, he gave you to me. And as your mom, and as a parent, we have the privilege of showing and expressing that love to you. And I love you. My mom made it a point. We were never allowed to leave the house unless she said, I love you. And here I am now, 25 years removed from being in our home. And yet still, every single time I leave the house, I go by every single one of my kids and say, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Why? Because that phrase can truly change someone's life. If Jesus is the center of your home, are we constantly and consistently reminding ourselves, Jesus loves you and I love you. Fourthly, Jesus made you special and I believe in you. <laughs> my, my mom, she attended almost every single one of my games. In fact, my mom was always there. And literally she would have a sign sitting in the stands that whether I was, I was hitting or whether I was in the outfield or whether I was you know, running from the field to the dugout or whether I was about to pitch, she would have a sign that would literally kind of be this all encompassing, I love you, I'm praying for you and I believe in you. And I would see that and it was just so encouraging. Now, I, granted, when I was growing up, it's kind of a little embarrassing, you know, it's kind of mom. But now I look back and I'm just so overwhelmingly grateful to have someone constantly in my life reminding me that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Today is an opportunity to glorify the Lord. And oh yeah, and I believe in you too. There's so many things that God wants to do in and through us. And so many of us are unwilling to even start. May we be people who are centered upon Jesus. And may we understand that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Jesus made you special. And I believe in you. And let's stand back and wonder of what God can do through his people. Fifthly, Jesus can make the impossible possible. So trust in him. May we live lives in obedience to the Lord, in doing things that only God can get the glory for. And in doing so, may we obediently trust him with everything that he's entrusted to us. Choose Jesus before anything else. And like Martha, may we welcome Jesus into our homes. Now look at verse 39. Now Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listened to his teaching. Now, Mary in the Gospel of Luke is the example of a genuine disciple. It is not her words, but her actions that are mentioned. Mary is as physically close as possible to Jesus Christ right here. Now, this is of great significance, that Jesus was interacting with a woman in this way. In fact, women could attend the synagogue. Women could even study in the synagogues if their husbands were the teachers. However, it was unheard of for a rabbi to come into a house and to teach a woman at his feet. Mary's posture here expresses an intense, submissive desire to learn from Jesus. She is all in. Her complete disposition is one of readiness and availability to what the King of Kings and Lord of Lords was teaching her. Your desire to be close to Jesus can light a fire for Jesus, which means moms and ladies, people need to see your love for Jesus. They need to see you reading the word of God. 
They need to see you praying to the Lord. They need to see how God is continually moving and affecting and blessing your life. They need evidence of a relationship. They need to hear why you love him. This is why I love our king. This is why I love Jesus. This is what I am learning from him. I had a husband in my office two or three weeks ago and he was almost moved to tears because his wife who gets up at, you know, four, four thirty in the morning and she opens up her Bible and she begins studying the word of God. And as he gets up at 5.30, p.m. and they sit at the breakfast table together, she just overwhelmingly just unloads on him the awesomeness of Jesus. This is what I'm learning today. Did you realize what our king did and what that means for us? And now we can be encouraged. He says, literally just every morning, I just fly out that door. I can't wait to get back home to hear how my wife is being loved and served and is learning from Jesus Christ. And Mary here is literally setting the entire tone for this entire story by her posture. It's not her speaking. It is her life speaking for her as she sits at the feet of Christ. Choose Jesus before anything else. Now, tragically, Martha has a different posture. Look at verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. You see the word distracted there? Mark it in your Bible. It's the only place in the entire Bible where this word appears. It's of a word to lose focus. It can literally mean to be dragged away, to be pulled apart. The King James Version said, and she was cumbered. It's a heavy, heavy word. In fact, we get our English word distracted from the French translation, which described someone being pulled by all fours in four separate directions. Yikes. And that's exactly what's happening to Martha here. Martha was so consumed with wanting to present her elaborate meal for Jesus that she was literally dragged away from Jesus. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? What? Martha, put the breadsticks down. She explosively demands Jesus tell Mary to help her. In fact, her question anticipates a positive response. Now notice what's happening here. Mary was consumed by the bread that feeds the soul. Martha was consumed by the bread that feeds the body. That's not lasagna, Martha. It's an idol. And literally, it has so consumed you that you have the audacity to come to Jesus Christ and ask if he even cares. The very thing that Martha meant to serve Jesus was actually the thing keeping her from Jesus. In church, there's a tremendous warning in that. Self-appointing hinders God's anointing. 
Martha was so busy trying to display her gifts, she missed time with the giver. And if we're not careful, in the busyness now of trying to figure out the new normal in a post-COVID-19 world, we'll do the same. We will be consumed with busyness and stuff and thus distracting from one of the main things in our life. And I'll tell you, the busiest person in the room was the farthest person away from Jesus, which is why one of the things that we can learn from Mary and Martha and moms and ladies, one of the best things you can do for your homes and our church is to remove distractions, is to literally immune yourself from busyness. In fact, busyness is plaguing our country. Did you realize that 86% of all men and 67% of all women admittingly work more than 40 hours a week? In fact, two thirds of the American workforce admit they do not have enough time to get everything done. They are so overworked and so consumed by their work that literally it floods and encompasses every aspect of their life. 300 years prior, Blaise Pascal said it well when he says, busyness sends more people to hell than unbelief. Did you realize that the average American checks their phone 81,500 times a year? Every four and a half minutes, we're checking our phones. 33% of all Americans admit to waking up in the middle of the night to check their phones. We are overworked, we are tired, we are distracted, we are consuming. And if we're not careful, we will give our lives to things that ultimately do not matter. Martha, 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 do you realize what you're doing? It's just lasagna, it's just a meal. Martha, Jesus just fed 5,000 people. In fact, they only counted the men. He, he fed more and more and more than that. He could take care of food, Martha. He wants you. That is why following Jesus is learning to live free of distractions so we can give full attention and devotion to divine interactions. Ladies, Women of God, it is a priority in your life, in your homes, and in ministries of our church to remove distractions. This is keeping us from worshiping the Lord. It's a distraction. Remove it. This is keeping my family from becoming more and more like Jesus. Remove it. This is filling our lives of busyness, not holiness. Remove it. May we learn much from Martha and Mary, and may we choose Jesus before anything else. Let's live free of distractions and let's give our full attention and devotion to divine interaction. In fact, see verse 41. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Jesus' rebuke here is graciously tender. It's sympathetically expresses deep emotion from a concerned heart. Martha was doing much, but accomplishing little. 
Martha was giving much fleshly effort, but had no heavenly power or blessing. Martha's exhausting and frustrating service wasn't satisfying her. It was enslaving her. Martha was seeking something in her service that only Jesus could give through his sacrifice. Martha, 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 don't you know that I love you? Don't you know that in all the homes of Bethany that I chose to be in your home? Don't you know in all the things that I could be doing right now that I'm choosing to be with you? Martha, your identity and your worth and your value and your satisfaction isn't based upon what you do or how you perform or how great you are, but rather in who I am and in what I've already done and in who I say you are. And I choose to be with you. In church, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll build our lives around the same structure that Martha did. That we'll try to build our identity and our worth and our value and our satisfaction based upon performance and things. And I'm just thinking in my heart and in my mind of the great leader, John Maxwell, when he said it's best, it is hard to overestimate the unimportance of practically everything. And that is why Jesus so beautifully captures the simplicity of the intent of our hearts, not of pursuing many things which do not satisfy and can ultimately enslave us. But look at verse 42. But the one thing is necessary and Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Where Martha was consumed with other things, Jesus was only concerned with one. And he suggests here a singleness of focus, a concentration of effort. There are some roles in life that are important, but there are other roles in your life that God give you that are irreplaceable. You only have one shot to be a Christ follower. You only have one shot to be a mom. You only have one shot to do something that only God can get the glory for. Give your lives to those things. Stop asking, how can I do more things? And instead, how can I only do the best things? But this one thing Jesus says is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Literally, Mary has chosen what is best. Mary's sole desire was to exclusively meditate upon the words and the person of Jesus Christ, the one thing that will last. Jesus wants you to choose to be with him. The psalmist says it like this in Psalm 37, four, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. Jesus told Mary and Martha, this one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus 
wants you to choose to be with him. So in closing, what does that look like? And choose to give the best 15 minutes of your day with Jesus. For me, if it's not early in the morning, then more likely it's not gonna get done. So I open up my Bible, I spend 10 minutes in the Word. Man, a good, good cup of coffee, a good, good breakfast. And then five minutes in prayer over what I just read. Lord, how can I apply this in my life? God, how can I be more like Jesus with this truth in my life? Lord, how can I, through the power of the Holy Spirit, live this out of my life and tell others? I think secondly, eat dinner together. And dinner was not optional in my household growing up. I mean, you you ate dinner at our table. You can do other things throughout the day, but at dinner, you're gonna be at this table. And five times a week, have a chance where you're gathering your family around good food and an even greater savior. And talk about what the Lord is doing in your life, what he's teaching you, what you're learning, how he's blessing you. And then pray for one another, thirdly. And pray to the Lord above that God would bless and guide and protect, enable and empower to do things that only he is glory for. I think ladies, as you head out of here and do life, evaluate your calendar this week. Look through all the things that God is asking you to do. Obviously some things you have to do. They're important, but there's some things that God asks you to do that are irreplaceable. Choose Jesus first. Put him first. Honor him. Put those stars by that time. And Lord, I'm going to honor this time and trust the Lord and see what he does. We can learn so much from these two prominent women in the New Testament. Mary, who was always at the feet of Jesus. Martha, who was always serving others in the New Testament. And ladies, we've learned so much from you. We are so grateful for the impact that you have upon your homes and upon our church and upon our city for the glory of Christ. May we, together, as we follow him, choose Jesus before anything else.